Hey, this is Derek D Train He2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Lawnmower 3.0. Son, what are you doing in here? Yeah, no, nothing. Did I hear you say manscape? Yeah. Son, take a seat. I was gonna wait till you were a little older to tell you about this. When I was about your age, I experimented with manscaping. Dad? That won't happen with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's made with skin-safe technology to help reduce against nicks and cuts. You can even shave your gooch. What's a gooch? Head over to manscaped.com and get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. The Blue Line Hockey Club, folks, another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We have episode 105 tonight with all the usual suspects sitting in the house with us tonight. We have our producer, Patrick Ocalardi Solomon. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And our local nerd on staff, our IT guy, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, kid? Hey, how you mama now? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweetos? And your host of Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, Doc. Well, fellas, let's uh, get right into a little hockey talk. Finally, we got some hockey back on. First podcast we've had since uh, since they started rolling on the ice again. So we got a lot to talk about. The last week has been just filled with hockey games, more than we can even keep up with. What the fuck? Non-stop. Jesus, I mean... I think we talked about it earlier in our group text. Like it's, I mean, if you don't have a job and you live in your mom's basement and you still, you know, ask your dad or mom for 20 bucks every day, then you can follow the, you know, hockey. But if you're like us guys, most of the guys on our, the blue line hockey club, older with kids, I mean, uh, um, we work. So, uh, we try to catch up and, uh, we're trying to, going to try to give you the best of the information we have. Uh, obviously, we watch the games that we can when uh, we're home. But yeah, like Mark said, fuck it's what is it, guys? Is they they come on at eleven and they go till two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like I've that. I've been I've been pretty lucky since I work from home. I have a TV on and I've I've watched just about all the games. Last night was the uh, I mean I I I was up to one thirty watching the Wild game and and had to call it at about one thirty. Uh, I couldn't stay up till the end. Yeah. I fell asleep before they the, uh, pulled the goal, goalie and got the last goal there. But, you know, it was a weekend, so I did get to catch a bunch of games. Obviously, over the weekend, there was a lot of games on. And, you know, it's, it's a different atmosphere. You know, we haven't talked about it, obviously, yet. But, you know, we should touch on no fans, you know. Uh, it kind of reminds me of watching the Olympics in China. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, seriously, like, kind of sometimes in the Olympics, there's just very few fans there. And it reminds me of the international play or, um, you know, like a junior game or something. But I mean, I said it to you guys earlier. Like, I, I think, I mean, I love that hockey's back and I love that sports are coming back in a way. But like, for me, it's been, I feel like it's been difficult to watch, honestly. Like, I, I don't, uh, it, I have a harder time getting into these games. Uh, pers- this is me personally. Um, yeah. I just think it's, I just think it's weird, man. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's, 
the fans bring such an element to the to sports that is so needed to make you know make them relevant, make them you know enjoyable to watch. And I'm not saying it's not good hockey going on at all, you know, but for me personally, I just, the no fan thing is really whacked. And I, I have a hard time getting into the games myself. Yeah, uh, I don't think I really, I noticed that there weren't fans. You know, I was just very happy to have some normalcy and to watch some hockey. And then, you know, he too, you said the other day, uh, you were talking about Connor McDavid's goal and I missed it. And, and when I watched it, I was like, holy Fuck, that was nasty. And yeah. after he stuck it, all you heard was one person go, "Yeah!" I know. Yeah. <laughs> one person. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, is, it is bizarre. It's it's um it's strange. But, and to, to yeah. that point though, to that point real quick about McDavid, I don't know if you guys saw that he had a hat trick. You know, the other night, some nasty. NHL employee came down and threw like you know, carrying like five hats and threw them on the ice. It's like, it's, it's so weird, you know, it's just bizarre. I mean, it's cool that they're trying to, you know, still carry on the tradition of a hat trick and stuff like that. I thought that was neat. You know what I mean? That at least tried to do that. Yeah. You know? But maybe they should have like something in the rafters, you know, like a basket full of friggin' hats or something for each team, you know? So like if there's a hat trick, it just drops from the ceiling or some shit, but I don't know. This is it's bizarre. It's uncharted territory, and for me personally, I have a I kind of have a tricky time watching it. But they are pumping in some noise, a little bit of fan noise. It seems yeah. Like. yeah, you know, there's some fan noise. Um, for me, baseball is harder to watch without fans than hockey because hockey is so action packed. Where baseball, it's like, okay, you made a pitch. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You threw another pitch. Like, there's no fucking you know excitement right until there's yeah. a hit. So at least hockey, there's big hits. There's you know action most of the time or baseball it's like man you got cardboard cutouts behind the fucking <laughs> right the catcher yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with mark i mean the, the whole baseball is it's not it's not action-packed like hockey right so it's uh you know they, they drop the puck. yeah there's not a lot of um uh doubt there's a lot of downtime in baseball but in hockey, you know, they, they drop the puck right away. I, every once in a while, they have a commercial break. But I'm actually, I kind of like it. Um, obviously, like Derek says, it's it's definitely weird. But uh, with them pumping the noise in, um, it's it's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah they're covering up all the seats. I think I like how they covered the seats, opposed to putting cardboard people. Um, looks kind of yeah. cool. They got the big screens that they show the big know, players on, stuff like that. But. I yep. think of all sports, I think of all the sports that are going on right now, I think NHL is by far doing the best. I just yeah. think it's still, even even that I feel like they're doing the best, I still feel like it's it's sometimes difficult to watch. Yeah, know, it but, is. Um, but anyways, it, they're doing a good job. I mean, NHL, I think the NHL, honestly, is, you know, I know they're not like the highest viewership sport in the United States, but they're doing a hell of a job right now, for, in my opinion, Absolutely. to uh, take, take advantage of this. They, they've really, you know, put on quite a show. They put on, I mean, they got like no, no COVID cases going on 7, among any 000, team that's involved. Right? 7,000 yeah. tests last week and zero uh, yeah. positives. So. so, I mean, yeah. they're, they're setting up, they're setting the bar pretty high for all the other, uh, you know, major sports leagues out there. And of all of them, they're the easiest to watch. I mean, maybe, maybe golf is, you know, kind of up there with them because golf is kind of yeah. not a huge, well, I mean, fans make golf a lot better too, but you know, between that and golf, I think it's the most enjoyable stuff to watch. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's get, let's, uh, you want to talk about the bubble first or do you want to talk, get into games? Well, you know, yeah, just Patrick, with that, I... just, uh, you know, regards to the 7,000 
tasks and zero uh, negative tasks. Uh, if you go to the NHL network, I know they they had a couple videos of the uh, you know players and coaches and players like they'll open the gate. Uh, let's say for assistant coach and the kids are there and even I think one instance they had their two dogs and the dogs are going crazy just so they could see each other. But yeah, I mean it is. Uh, it is guarded like a uh, prison, so they have uh, gates around the whole facility. Um, the players walk to and from their hotel to the rink through this uh, corridor that is all caged, and it's got checkpoints. No one's allowed out. If they are players or coaches or staff, if they leave that little bubble, Gary Batman is notified right away, so no one can leave the contact there. So they, they really got a wrap down. I know the NBA, they just had some uh, incident where a couple players were spotted at a gentleman's club um, downtown, uh, wherever they're playing. So, you know, this the NHL bubble is a little more, um, I guess, more uh, um, yeah concentrated or whatever you want to say there. More, they're taking it more serious. Yeah. So... So, you know, and then they got a rec yard. Uh, it's kind of like jail, I guess. My nephew explained it. Uh, Jordan Greenway plays for the Wild. He's out in Edmonton. He said it's kind of like prison. So they got a rec yard. It's got cornhole. They got basketball court. They got ping pong. They have all different things with a couple picnic tables. You know, you got the the Wild in one corner. You got the... Chinglings uh, um, in the other. Chinglings in the other, you got the uh, Latino gang in the other, you got the whites over in the other, but it's and then you got the mess hall where they have different kinds of food vendors and cater people coming in catering food. So that's what they're doing. It's got to be boring for the players, but uh, this is the way they're bringing they're, entertainment they're to us. So. Yeah. yeah, so so the bubble is very, very you know. They're keeping an eye on, and they're not letting anyone stray out of the bubble. So they're really, really doing a good job on that for sure. All right, boys, let's get into a little bit of the the hockey news here. Uh, first game we want to talk about, or first series we want to talk about, is the uh, Rangers and the Hurricanes. Obviously, two of the guys on the show are in Raleigh, so uh, follow the Hurricanes. Raleigh Wood and uh, Derek no. and I tend to like the Rangers, so let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, you know when. Uh when this first got started, I was I was very cautiously optimistic about how Carolina was going to come out of the gates, especially with the you know New York Rangers taking it to them for nothing in the regular season. Um, I thought the momentum should have been uh, with the Rangers, um, but uh, you know obviously Carolina had uh, benefited from the pause. They got to uh, heal some of the players that were injured. And benefited from that, and then when they came out of the gates, they came out flying. So, you know, we were we were trying to take inventory. You know, who who was the leaders going into the pause, and then when the pause started, who fell and who went up? And uh, you know, New York and Carolina uh, definitely switched places. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like uh, I felt like the Rangers really played flat. I think out of the uh, they probably had like two good periods. Um, and the entire, and they came in the final, I think the final game, I think they probably played their best two periods. I think the only time they led actually the entire series was in the final game when Kreider scored the goal, but I could be wrong on that. You guys can fact check me, but I mean, my, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I think it's the only time they really led in the series, honestly. So, um, but I just felt like they played flat. Their power play was, 
you know, abysmal. Uh, they, I think they were one for 14 on that. Uh, the wow. player, you know, uh, I think the player that really shined in that series is Sebastian Ajo for the, for the Hurricanes. I mean, he was, you know, I don't have a ton of experience watching Carolina, like, you know, our two uh, Raleigh friends here. But, I mean, that guy stood out like a sore thumb in those games. I mean, 22 years old. He's out there playing like a vet. He's, uh, you know, he plays both ends of the ice. He's, uh, he's not afraid to mix it up with people too. Once in a while, he got a little scrum at the end of one of the periods in one of the games. But I mean, he, I think he had eight points in that series. I mean, three goals and five assists. That's ridiculous. Uh, you know, in a, in a series that was swept, you know what I mean? So in three games, eight points. I mean, that's nasty. So, but I mean, I don't know if it goes to, if that goes to coaching or what. I think, uh, Rod Brindamore. Right. I mean, he, I think he's probably one of the best. He might be one of the best coaches, probably top two, three, four in the league. I I believe. I feel like he's in touch. Like he he's like the mix of like a, he understands like old school hockey, but he yeah. also understands what it takes to for these new age players to kind of uh, you know get them pointed in the right direction and motivate them. So I mean, and that's a, that's a that's a pretty fine line to to walk actually. And he he just seems to have a knack to really have his players love him. And you see that. I mean, and you know, Rangers are a really young team. I think their future's bright. But you know, Quinn got out coached big time in that in that series. It's just uh, yeah. Carolina showed up to play, and, and and the Rangers played really flat. It just didn't didn't appear ready for the stage, man. They really didn't. Yeah, they came they came to life. That's what Brenda Moore said. Um, you know that that whole line of Aho, uh, Semechnikov, and Teravainen. I mean, I don't. I think you can put them up against any line in the NHL. And the only line I'm thinking of is the McDavid line out in Edmonton. And if you put those two, two, two lines together, I mean, that's a battle right there. Uh, like he too said that Aho, I mean, he's so young and he's just so gifted. They're just so dynamic of what they do out there. It's, it's the difference in the game. I mean, that line combined for four goals two each for Semetsikov and Aho and three assists, you know, and, and, and that fueled the Canes run of the four straight goals and they had three in the uh, um, second period. So um, I, I think the Canes, you know, like Derek saying, I, I'm with them. I think the podcast before we had uh, um, Craig Button on and we talked about uh, the coaching aspect of this playoffs 2020 and uh, the coaching was going to be the factor. And I think Rob Brendamore, like Derek said, is a hard-nosed player, played back in the day when you had to have grit. Um, it wasn't just finesse. It wasn't just, you know, your God-given talent. And he's able to fire these guys up. And, uh, you know, along with their goalie and all the other, Jake Gardner and Pesci. And, 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 and on top of that, some of these guys, most of these guys – that they have on the team, at least three or four from the uh, Charlotte, you know, checkers, which is the uh, Hurricanes farm team that won the uh, Calder Cup. So they have that winning mentality. They got Rob Brendamore. They got that young line. They're a team that's going to. I also like the uh, Vincent Trocheck pickup from the Florida Panthers. I think outplayed, uh, outcoached, um, uh, Brendamore outcoached uh, Quinter. For sure. Carolina and uh, Columbus kind of are similar teams to me. They they both, you know, they're not like you don't look at their roster and say like, you know, massive amount of all-stars on either team. They're just like a group of guys that gel well together. They play and buy into the system together. 
those two teams are dan- are going to be dangerous. My opinion, again, uh, but those two teams kind of mirror each other, in my opinion. And uh, I guess you guys could talk a little bit about Lundquist and not playing in that in that third game, too, before we move on to another series, perhaps. But, well, uh, before we jump into the Rangers side in Lundquist, I just want to say, you know, when we talked to Don Waddell, you know, he brought up a, a good point, which is Rod's not going to ask his players to do something he's never done before or wouldn't do himself, right? Yeah. So that's where the respect comes in. You know, he had a career, a very respectable career. You know, the boys obviously play fucking hard for him. If you've seen the after game speeches, it it is, I mean, Rod is a guy that I want to fucking play for. I'd run through a fucking wall to play for that guy. Um, And I guarantee everybody in the locker room is feeling that right now. Real quick, though, uh, James Reimer. Stood on his fucking head in that game. Reimer, yeah, damn fire. So that's what I was gonna. I was gonna touch on that too, as far as Morazic, um, the first two games, he didn't see as much rubber as as Lundqvist, right? So um, that, I think that was part of the the deal with Lundqvist in the first two games. I think the second game was 30 saves on 34 shots. I think Morazic was only like 20, you know, low 20s. Um, he definitely saw a lot more pucks than than Carolina. The third game is a little bit different with Reimer. Um, Brenda Moore came out and said that, you know, he's the reason that they won that game. 37 uh, saves. I mean, yeah. he, he was off the chart. He so made I mean, a cross-crease battle save. You know, that's that a, a nice one. fucking nine out of ten times. I don't think that, that Lundqvist played that bad. Um, I think that the Rangers didn't play that well uh, to, to help him out in the first two games. Um, they made the change. I mean, they're on the ropes, do or die, make a goalie change, give the young kid a chance, switch it up a little bit, change the momentum, um, give the team a little boost, you know, whatever. You know, it sucks for Lundqvist, but I don't think any of that shit was his fault. I would, I am curious to see what, uh, Carolina does in the next round as far as goalies, because I think that Reimer should be the starter there. Mrazic was a backup to Jimmy Howard before he went, you know, to, fucking Philly, and then now he's in Carolina. He's been bouncing around, I think. Was he in Colorado or something before? I don't he had know. a hot yeah. streak, and then he got hurt, and, you know, shit yeah. happens. You, you sit out a little bit, you lose touch, you're yeah. not in the yeah. game. Somebody else yeah. gets up. I, 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 hear, I heard uh, uh, Coach Quinn was on uh, Sirius XM Radio on that NHL uh, talk show, and, you know, he has a pretty good sense of humor. Um, it's the power play. That's what it's called on Sirius XM. And uh, he said that, you know, I can't Google how to handle three goalies and one of them being a Hall of Famer. You know, there's no right or wrong answer on how to handle three top goalies. And we, we all knew this going into it. I think a lot of people bet money on the Rangers, a lot of money on the Rangers, just because they had that three-headed monster of the goalies, right? And one being a Hall of Famer. And, and, and Quinn even said, sure, I made a mistake, made a few mistakes along the way handling that goalie situation. But, you know, I, I didn't do it intentionally. I got to give these guys a ton of credit. And, he you know, and it, he took a little blame himself. But I think, I think the Rangers, like Derek said, were a little flat-footed because they had the upper advantage. The talk in the hockey world was the Rangers are going to uh, walk over the Hurricanes. And, um, you know, unfortunately for Quinn with the three-headed monster of those goalies, it, it was like drawing, you know, flipping a coin, and um, I, I, I guess it's debatable. He he might have made a mistake on who he played, but um, well, let's um, let's, well, let's, let's mean, not over let's not overlook the fact real quick that 
Lundqvist had 128 consecutive playoff starts for the Rangers going into that, okay? They haven't won a cup with Lundqvist. They're down 2-0, you know, in, a, in an elimination game going in. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you got to try to switch something up. In my opinion, I think you got to switch something up. And yeah, you know, they have you to. Got some young goalies, and Lundqvist has had, a hundred, like I say, 128 consecutive fucking playoff starts. You know what I mean? So and he hasn't, for whatever reason, you know, he hasn't been able to win the big prize. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think Quinn made a mistake really as much as he just, he looked at the situation. He said, I'm in a, you know, an elimination round. Cool, yeah. bad. You know, I'm in, in this is it. I mean, I've got one chance to take a swing at it. Why not give the young kid a chance? I'm sure Lundquist doesn't agree with anything I'm saying right now, but I mean, with, from a coaching standpoint, I think at that stage, you're like, you know, I got to throw, I got to throw something at, at this team that's different than what they've been accustomed to. So, Sure. I don't know. Yeah. The Rangers are lucky to have a playoff team at all, right? So, yeah. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. So they're not they're, they weren't expected to to go win the cup. So, you know, they kind of squeaked in one of those teams that probably wouldn't have been in the playoffs. I'm yeah. gonna argue the the other side for Lundquist on this, just just for shits and giggles here. So, you know, let let me put it to you this way: I, I texted you guys during that game. Panarin was pretty much unheard of. Um, I, I didn't. I said to you guys, I go, where, where's Panarin? I haven't heard it. Yeah. Um, he's pretty much absent. Same thing. You know, the guy was on fire leading up to the pod. Somebody put the flames out on him. Yeah. yeah. But my point is this. Did anybody think to sit those guys? Did anybody think to, you know, move them out and try something new there? Why is it the goalie's fault? that the team out front of them are letting in all those bad, you know, they let in those opportunities and they capitalized and scored. Yeah. So it comes back to that. Is it really the goalie's fault? Is this a Jimmy Howard? It's Lundquist shit. No, the guy is fucking, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Hall of yeah. Famer. So, you know, the other side of that is, do you change up the forwards? Do you change up the defense? And do you keep that? Lundqvist, Hall of Fame goaltender, who is the rock, who is the solid. They lost anyways, right? So that's just the other side of the coin, and I'm only arguing it to argue it. Yeah. All right, let's switch it up. Let's get off the Rangers. And uh, and we want to talk about uh, what we talked about Toronto. Let's just talk about Toronto real quick, just because, you know, watching that game, they finally uh, pulled off a W. I mean, I, I just always – I go back to the Toronto because, you know, the, what they're paying these kids to play and they're not, I don't know, I wouldn't say not producing. Yeah, they're not producing in, in my view, actually. And, uh, you know, to see them to get that W was huge for them. It could, it is a, it could be turning the uh, series around. That was uh, big for Toronto. They needed that win. They got yeah. it. I know. Uh, Matthews got on the board. Tavares got on the board. Yeah. That changes so, things for them, you know? Comments yeah. And, and we had uh, Nick Felino on the podcast, or last podcast, and, you know, we were talking about the defense and the offense matchup there. Obviously, Toronto's on the offense and uh, Columbus on defense. But uh, Columbus has been really shutting them down. And, and for a while, the first game – Gamer, well, the first game was like, what the hell's going on here? Like, you know, Toronto fans are like, what in the fuck is going on here? You know, we, we get, we're paying, we got the best player, one of the best players, one of the best lines in the NHL. And, uh, 
we're losing to the Blue Jackets. Um, but uh, finally, uh, you know, and Matthews was totally ecstatic when he got that little tipping goal there because you could tell the way he celebrated. It was like the, the big elephant got released off his shoulders, yeah. and then it kind of – he kind of started, you know, uh, um, skating better. He was floating on the ice and started to play. So I think that's a big turnaround for them. Matthews needed that. A whole line needed uh, that W to uh, get them going. So I, th- I think that's going to turn over. Um, I think the Maple Leafs are going to win that series. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, and I think we've said it before, is that I think the spotlight should be on Toronto. I mean, with the salary cap they have locked in on these boys, it's uh, they be- they better go pretty far. Or else, I-, I don't know what would you do. And just a shout out to Jake Muzzin, uh, who got a little got hurt there, felt kind of awkward. I'm sure a lot of people saw that, kind of got whiplash or something. Uh, uh, got carted off on a stretcher. It was a whole eight to ten minute process there, but. Uh, yeah, ho- hopefully he's better and he's in the lineup. I haven't really checked on any uh, he's updates out on him. He's out for the series. That's a big he's loss. He's out for the series. Okay. Yeah. That's a big loss, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was my little two-bit on the Maple Leafs that, you know, man, you guys got to do something. It's kind of, you know, the it's kind of to me like the uh, Miami Heat when they had LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and all those players. And, I mean, you got an all-star lineup, like, Boys got to produce, so these guys got to produce, man. Maple Leafs. I don't know. I just I don't know what they're gonna do up up there in Toronto. Doesn't seem to work out ever when you build a team like that. Honestly, and I've never really, you know, you don't when you put a bunch of all stars together with a bunch of egos. I just don't feel like that ever works. I always feel like building from, you know, building through the draft, you know, building through uh, develop, you know, chemistry between, uh, you know, lower level players. You know, like you can you can go a long way getting average players together with a good coach you know and uh we know a lot about that a lot of us grew up you know on the teams we played growing up a lot of us were average to a little slightly above average players that just gelled together but i don't know i I disagree with you on the way that series will turn out i I think columbus will win that i think torts you know is going to out coach uh toronto um i think the players on columbus are grittier i think they are, are more bought into a system than toronto that's just my opinion, but uh, I, yeah. I think that I do think Toronto is, you know, they're loaded with talent, but Columbus just to me is a team that's built better than Toronto is and coach better than Toronto is. So we'll see how it turns well, Nick, out. Nick Foligno said something that uh, had stuck with me since we talked to him. And that was, he goes, you know, look at our team. We don't have anybody even close to being the, you know, the national hockey league point leader or even in the running. He said, we win games by committee. Yep. That's how you want yeah. You cannot have a, you know, we talked about this. Connor McDavid is not going to win a Stanley Cup by himself. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. Their t- leading scorer has got 49 points on Columbus. So it's actually the opposite, you know, like the team that Derek's talking about, the gritty, the building, you know, the chemistry. That's your Columbus Blue Jackets, right? So they're playing the Yankees. They're playing, you know, yeah. of, of the NHL. They, uh, and then you look at the Columbus team, it's more like a Bill Belichick coached with gritty players, you know, that kind yep. of team. So, you know, I, I like that yep. that uh, analogy, Derek. Let's get into a little bit of the Just, the just one second. Just one second on that. Did you guys see Torts' his, uh, his press interview after? Oh, everyone's been talking. Everyone's I'm awesome. Not, every not gonna break, it's not going to help us to break it down here to you guys. He goes, the other team was good and we sucked. Yeah. <laughs> the other team was good and we suck. 
I don't even know why they do uh, post-game interviews with him because he doesn't even talk, and it's just it's just <laughs> stupid. But I, I don't know. But uh, just one quick on the Maple Leafs. I think John Travaris might be the best player on the ice so far for Toronto. He's got eight shots on goal. He's got one goal, you know, but, you know, Matthews has got two points. Yeah. Good player. Definitely. Real quick on the uh, post game, you see where they had uh, Freddie Anderson and Mitch Marner on, and the guys yeah, introduced, Marnie. and they said Mitch Marnie, and Marnie, uh, yeah. here we have Marnie <laughs> and Freddie, and they looked at each other like, the fuck did you just say? So, anyway, <laughs> on to the next one. Hey, I think one of the most exciting series has been the Jets and Flames. I mean, um, well, it started out with the Matthew Kachuk bullshit. When that's just continued, right? But he ended up sniping last night, so that was kind of like a dagger in the Jets' uh, coffin or whatever the fuck you want to say. But, you know, that was a huge game for the Flames, getting a win. Um, that series is 2-1 Flames right now, so next game is going to be a big one. Jets have some some injuries too. Yeah, a lot of injuries. I mean, you got three of their top uh, um, guys out on injury. You got uh, the Amit. Line A, the Amish attack, or what do we call him? Uh, uh, <laughs> Amish assassin. He's out. Um, yeah, that. That's. Uh, I don't. I don't know about that series. I really. I really want Calgary to go ahead, but the biggest news is, you know, that whole uh, Matthew Kachuk hit. Um, you know, we had a little video on that. Talked about that when it happened. We we all said it was unintentional. Definitely was unintentional. I think Derek's description. Uh, was perfect, spot on. That you yeah. know, hit when he was coming into the boards, he was trying to slow down, and his right skate kind of bounced off the ice. As you can see in the video, he was trying to stop. But as hockey players know, if you don't, if you've never played hockey, then you can't understand this, and you, you just think he's a dirty player. But sometimes when you do go into the boards, when you're coming into the boards at 15, 25 miles an hour, everything's not as perfect as it's supposed to be. You don't stop with both skates on the ice, turning in the same direction. Your body doesn't go perfect. It's not textbook. Uh, nothing's textbook in hockey when you're going 25 miles an hour into the boards, three guys going in. It's um, stop, and it kind of went into the boards looking like everyone saying, oh, he tried to step on his leg. Get out of here. That's the dumbest shit I've ever... If you say that, you have no idea what you're talking about and you've never played hockey, so... No, you, that's so true, Pat. And it's like, you know, you, people forget, you know, hockey players aren't playing on their feet, man. They're skating on a centimeter-wide bl blade of metal, you know what I mean, steel. And when you go into the corners like that, I mean, one foot... I mean, you may be stopping with one leg, you know, in one direction, and you're using your other foot to slow you down in, in another direction. You know, I mean, maybe that doesn't make sense. Maybe it hasn't played the game, but I mean, sometimes you're chopping with one foot, you know, and sliding with the other foot. So, I mean, from the outside looking in, it's it's really easy to just chirp and say, you know, he's dirty, he's dirty, he's dirty. And, you know, but, you know, when things are happening, like Pat says, at 15, 20, 25 miles an hour going into the corner, <laughs> momentum taking you one way, uh, stopping with one leg one way and one one way with the other leg it's 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 not this isn't this isn't exact science you know so <laughs> things happen and it's a it's a it's a dangerous game man and it, you can't forget that these are the best athletes in the world because they're not on two feet they're on a centimeter wide blade of steel sharp blade it, it's sharp blade and they're doing everything that anyone could ever imagine as far as an athlete goes skill wise so 
it's it's really amazing and uh, a lot of this stuff gets blown out of proportion by people that don't know the game yeah and i think um you know first game back after a long um pause of a playoff game these guys are throwing their bodies you know you're going in the boards to throw their body right on the line they're not holding up anything right so a lot of adrenaline pumping through their veins at that point so early in this playoff series they're just getting back at it you know you watch these games they're throwing their bodies all over the place and it's not a calculated hit every time yeah i feel like winnipeg's coach is always quick to be whiny too to be honest with you but the Hopefully we don't want to try to interview him someday. And after I said that, <laughs> he he, uh, he just seems like he's always complaining about the refs making a shitty call or somebody being dirty. But uh, is yeah. what it is. Yeah, I think I think Calgary's gonna take over just because of the injuries in Winnipeg for sure. Calgary's gonna take the series. Agreed. All right, boys. Let's talk about um. Well, the the Panthers live to see another day against the Islanders. I don't know how long that's going to last. It seems like the Islanders have their number. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to touch on that, but they did, did win 3-2 today. So they're going on to another another game with the Islanders. The games that I haven't really got to see is the uh, the games that I wanted to see was um, the Edmonton Blackhawks. But it, every game's on at 1040 at night. And I just, you know, I haven't been able to catch it. So we got the highlights and stuff like that. Do you have to work in the morning or something? Jesus, you big baby. <laughs> well, it's like every other night. So I watch the Minnesota game till about 1.30 in the morning, and then the next night there's no way I'm staying up for the Edmonton game. Yeah, not two nights in a row. I've yeah, been watching them all. My, mom, the West Coast. my mom's been making dinners every night and my laundry, so I've just been watching all the games. and <laughs> Eating off in the periods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like we said earlier in the podcast, it's just been impossible to watch all the games and uh, – the ones we do watch, we, uh, you know, in the evenings, if we get an hour or two to catch a period or two, great. But, uh, yeah, it's tough to watch them all. And who can watch them all unless you're, you know, yelling at your mom, where's the meatloaf? I mean, it's impossible. <laughs> Good God. But, yeah, that uh, whole Blackhawks and Oilers, uh, it started out a little rough there. I think the Blackhawks, they had that first exhibition game, didn't look too good. Uh, coming into the playoffs, but uh, uh, now it's tied 1-1. They play tonight, um, 10-30 game. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I think uh, McDavid is, uh, and Dreisaitl are just uh, unstoppable. So, uh, yeah. Marty, what did you think, though, from the Blackhawks? So you, you loved one of the players from the Blackhawks. You were talking about him earlier in the week. Who was that? Yeah, there's this uh, young kid that, you know, I didn't really hear too much about him, but he made a, a NHL record for his first postseason start, uh, getting three points. And uh, I can't think of his name right now, uh, but uh, I'll look. The, I'll look that up. Sweeno. Yeah. I mean, but you got Drysaitel with 110 points right now, and what's McDavid have right around 100? So you yeah. take a team like. Columbus, their leading scorer has 49. I think Minnesota is probably the same thing, around 50 points. I mean, there's uh, a number of teams where the leading scorer on the team is around 50. And these guys have like 210 points, two people. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just yeah. like, if you break down how many games they played, I mean, how many games is like, I don't know, 90 games or what are we at here? 80 some games? Yeah. 110 yeah. points. It's ridiculous. Around 80 for sure. Isn't it almost a shame that McDavid plays out in Edmonton? I mean, 
in a market, you know, like where the games are really late at night and stuff too, a lot of times, you know, unless you're on the West coast. Um, but you know, the hockey hotbed of the world is the East coast that it, you know, and, uh, it would be so amazing to see. I've never seen anybody skate ever in my life. All, you know, talk about all the players that you want to Gretzky's Lemieux, um, anybody. I mean, those are all amazing hall of fame players, but have you ever seen anybody skate the way this kid skates? I mean, he's like, it's almost like he's gliding. It's like he's, you know, he's playing against professional athletes and it's like, you know, somebody, you know, he, when he's on the ice and he takes over, you know, takes the puck and takes over a game, it, it's almost like he's playing against like a C team, you know what I mean? Out of like, you know, the Bantam level. He's just skating around him. He's putting his arm out, pushing him away, roofing it when he has like a quarter of an inch of space and making it look like it's nothing. I've never seen anybody skate like McDavid. Never in my entire life have I seen anybody skate like that guy. Uh, the way he moves around the ice, it's it's unbelievable. And I, I wish he was in. I mean, I love Edmonton because as growing up, you know, I like watching Gretzky and Messier and those guys, Grant Fjord. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of always had like a place in my heart for the Edmonton Oilers. But um, I wish he could be in a market where he could see more of his games because yeah. the amount of talent he has in his pinky finger is more than most players have, you know, in their entire body. And it's just it's amazing because you only yeah. get bits and pieces like these highlights. And it's just so fun to watch that guy. It, the, the player we were talking about from uh, Chicago, he's a rookie. It's Dominique Kubelik. Uh, he recorded five points within the first two periods of uh, Saturday's game, last Saturday's game uh, of the Blackhawks Oilers qualifiers. Yeah, so um, this kid, uh, you know, the first player to record five points in his postseason debut. Um, it's pretty gutted, and uh, it's. I'm keeping an eye on him now. It's uh, he's pretty nasty out there. That's a uh, he's only 20, 24 years old. I want to say so. Uh, that's pretty big. Well, in that game, like six to four or something like that. Ten goals scored in that game. Yeah, I forget what it was. I think I think it was six to six to two lead after the second period. Yeah, yeah. There was God. I forget. He he finished the regular season with forty six points. He had thirty goals and sixteen assist which you know made him a finalist for the calder trophy uh you know that's awarded to the top rookie but uh yeah he's uh he's a stud player man he's gonna do big things out there in chicago so one of the players that uh, i can relate to mcdavid was derek was talking is uh watching mckinnon play i see a lot of the same kind of quality as far as how he skates up the ice with the puck i was just watching the game before we came on um on a power play and you know a lot of times either dumping and chasing or they're skating in, stopping at the half boards, you know, trying to set up the power play. I mean, he just skated around everybody, got it to the deep in, in the corner, set up the power play. I mean, he just had the ability to get around everybody. He didn't have to dump and chase. Um, just a really quality player. And then once they got the power play set up, I mean, this, the avalanche power play is like fucking nasty. You have Rantanen, McKinnon, McCarr, D, Kadri plays on, on the left side here and there. I mean, it was just dangerous for the Dallas Stars. I mean, the goalie actually put his fucking arms up in the air after, <laughs> like, they took a shot. You know, it was like just action packed, and they took a shot on the power play, and the goalies just put his arms up in the air, like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? Can't you stop these guys?" <laughs> I've never seen a goalie do that in the middle of play before in the NHL. He just put his arms straight up in the air, like. Come on, guys, give me some fucking help, help me, here. Help me. So, I mean, that's good. That's going to be a huge impact for the for the playoffs, for the Avalanche. I mean, that power play is just fucking nasty. And nasty. Um, you know, I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. 
another thing that's uh, surprising to me, although I haven't watched hardly any games, is the uh, Boston Bruins are 0-2. They play their final game of the round robin against uh, the Capitals on Sunday, and uh, they they can finish no higher than third among the four teams. So that was pretty surprising to me. I see uh, we had uh, uh, the last game there against Tampa. Oh, Tampa's 2-0. Pretty big, I mean, compared to what they did last year. Uh, but, yeah, Charlie McAvoy and Wagner got a goal for the Bruins. But, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're not doing uh, the best uh, everyone thought they would do. And, you know, they lost to the Lightning. And Steve Stamkos uh, missed that game. You know, he's still got that lower body injury. So um, that's another big surpriser to me. Like I said, I haven't watched any of them. But uh, I thought the Bruins would be dominating a little bit more for sure. Well, they, they get uh, they get Tuca back. Tuca, yeah. So um, that'll be a big boost for, for Boston. That, yeah. Huge boost. Huge he boost. He played today. Uh, just to touch on that. Few games today, yeah. What do, you, uh, what do you guys think about the, the round robin? How significant do you think it is to be a one seed or you know a four seed you think that's going to be a big game changer going into the next round or do you think every team that they're going to face is going to be pretty good quality anyway yeah, I, I mean, mean with, the, yeah. with the shortened season you know the way yeah. this is like you know been thrown in it's almost like everything's out the window at this point you know I, i'm agree like we took like we talked about you know the rangers you know in the season series with carolina they had a four nothing you know uh, match up with those guys and here they get swept you know what i mean so i think it you know with this it's like basically you're starting fresh nothing's going on you know there's no momentum going in everybody's starting flat from scratch i, I don't know i don't think it really matters the seating i mean obviously certain teams probably match up better with other teams you know and that's that's another conversation to have but as far as you know exact seating goes i'm not sure it really matters at this stage yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think at this point, you know, in the NHL, there's not really a team that's playing right now that's terrible, right? So yeah. no matter who they match up against, it's going to be a good series. I don't think there's any team that's just going to walk away depending who they get matched up up against. And, you know, right now, the, I'm not really that – I haven't been that focused in that the, the round-robin games as much as the, you know, do-or-die games. You know, it seems a lot more exciting to watch the – the teams that are competing to get, yeah, yeah, trying to, you know, win a five game series. Um, so, yeah, it should be interesting to see. I mean, depending on what happens, but all these teams are moving on to the next round. So, I mean, whatever yeah. it is, what it is. No doubt. Yeah, not as much on the line for them right now as uh, the qualifiers, you know, do or die and, you know, the round robins, they know they're going to play. It's just like, okay. Yeah. And last year, remember, I, mean, I talked about it last year is that every team that swept last year lost in the next round in the round after that. So I mean, even if they sweep around and you go to the, you know, make it to the next round, every team that swept last year lost in the round after that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you guys. I don't, I don't think it's everything's out the window for sure. I don't know if it's uh, that big of a deal. I've been watching more of the, uh, um, uh, qualifying teams than the uh, round robin games. Uh, I haven't really watched much hockey at all besides the highlights. Obviously, watched the uh, uh, Minnesota Wild and the Canucks games the most. A um, little bit of the uh, Avalanche just because I I like the Avalanche a lot. We'll see how see how they do. I know uh, there's a game going on right now. Uh, Colorado's up four nothing on Dallas. There's 17 minutes left in the third. 
in Pittsburgh to Montreal are playing. That's 2-1 Pittsburgh right now. Um, seven minutes left in the first. Uh, Zucker another. scored that uh, second goal to get that the lead right there. I think that's there a goal fight right there. Carey Price and Murray. Um, when I watched the last game, it seemed like the goalies were dictating what yeah. was happening in that series. Two awesome goalies. Whatever goalie's hot seems, I mean, yeah. pull out. I mean, that's why the Penguins are, or the Canadians are where they're at right now, one and one, is because Carey Price. So, see what happens tonight. It's 2-1. They're down right now, but still a lot of game left. It's only in the first yeah. period. I see Clayton Keller had a nice uh, goal the other night, a uh, little breakaway between the five hole. That was uh, huge. I think they, I think he got two goals that night. Two uh, goals, yeah. Yeah, Nashville beat him 4-2. Clayton getting both goals. Um, series tied at 1-1, so... That's another yeah. interesting one. Um, but they but they actually played this afternoon, and the Yotes beat up on them four to one. So they're up two one in that series now. There we go. So yep, and there's yeah. a lot of scraps, and it looked like a pretty feisty series too today. So that's heating up. It's good to see you know some of these series. Even the Bruins Lightning game, they were getting after it today. So yeah, that was a pretty yeah. good game there. Yeah. yeah, I see Taylor Hall collected a loose puck and fired a laser. Got he got a goal finally. So there's a uh, another point an elephant taken off his back. You know that that's the biggest thing is just you know these star players to get a point or get a goal um, helps your confidence big time. Go you know going forward, especially not playing for the last three months and then uh, you're pushed straight into the playoffs and you know you got the Austin Matthews and the Taylor Hall and you got all these. Uh, Connor, well, not Connor McDavid. He fucking scores all the time. But some of these other players um, that uh, just can't put the puck in the net, and it's still early. So, um, yeah, I think the only series we haven't talked about is the uh, the Wild. Yeah, and I mean the first game the Minnesota Wild had, they were all over Pedersen, um, really beating him up, physical play. Um, like I think Pat said. Uh, text last night six two one sixty five or something. I mean, is that even possible? <laughs> is that even you possible? Have, like skinny bones or something? How the fuck do you not weigh more than that? One sixty five. Jesus. <laughs> is is that like, including uh, with his equipment and his stick? He's a fucking pencil neck. I weighed one sixty five and I was like thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> so they were protecting his ass last night. That gave Greenway a penalty for a little face wash. I mean, a bunch of bullshit. I know what the fuck. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit so. slash. Bullshit. Well, that was a pretty good slash, but um, um, yeah, that series is it's right. going back. It's getting a little chippy there. You know, Felino's gotten a fight. Uh, like you say, Greenway's been battling in front of the net, but uh, yeah, they just uh, were a little sloppy. Staylock has uh, been starting for them. That's the big news coming out of that series that I can take from it is you know, Dubnik is on the bench. Um, I don't know who they're gonna start. Uh, tomorrow they play at 2:30. Um, we'll see. We'll see what uh, the coach of the Wild has to do with that. Yeah, I think for that series, for both of those teams, uh, is what team's going to have third and fourth liners step up and stick a goal, you know, and contribute. And you know, that's big for the teams that don't have high-powered offenses. You know, uh, like especially the Wild, very defensive-oriented team. They got a very good defense with Susie and Hunt and uh, Sutter and. And all these guys, uh, you know, so they're very defensive oriented. They got a lot of uh, defensive forwards, you know, especially with Eck and Felino. Uh, I'd like to see Zuccarello step up. I mean, he's a playmaker. He hasn't had too many assists or anything yet this series or 
you know, this year. So I think that he could be a game changer for the, for the wild. You know, he's been a great playoff player in the past and, you know, the top guns, like, like Fiala, obviously you're leaning on him a lot, stall, um, and that greenway line, but they need to get some production out of, you know, maybe a Koivu on the fourth line, stick a goal. Um, you yeah. know, some of these guys, Donato. Donato, you know, who can shoot the puck. And, and, and that one win they did get was, uh, um, a defenseman there had two points. It was a little short defense. Virgin. Virgin. Yeah. yeah. And he's earning like what, eight million a year. I mean, he's, yeah. he's the guy that should be, you know, putting up some points. They got to get more out of Dumba. I mean, he's a offensive minded, uh, forward. So, you know, I think that's what's going to, if they can get some, yeah, defensemen, if they can get some of their defensemen to activate, um, that's huge because they do have a couple offensive minded defensemen, uh, get some points out of them. I mean, they don't have a high powered offense. What, what, what do you guys think of Galchenyak? coming over from uh, Pittsburgh. What do you guys think of him so far? A lot of people forget that we have him on uh, the Wild. and Line pass, fucking right on the blue line, gave up the puck. Uh, that was a game changer for that game. Uh, big yeah, Brock Bosner scored off that. Or I think, I yeah. think Bosner scored, yeah. The biggest they thing scored. I noticed was in game one, the Wild didn't take any penalties. And then in game two, they were in the fucking box the whole time. So the whole time. You know, if they can be disciplined, if they can stay out of the box and play, you know, whatever game they showed up with in game one, you know, Felino fighting right off the gates, that, those are game changers for the bench, man. Um, so they've got to find a way to fire everybody up without going to the fucking penalty box four or five, six times. Yeah, and they spotted him a goal 20 seconds into that game, which is kind yeah, of like yeah. a kick in, kick in the nuts, right? One nothing, 20 seconds in. Yeah, you know, that was tough. a taste of the old wild, you know, when they first started. It's like, eh. And Markstrom for the uh, Canucks, he's, he's standing on his head, too. He had 32 saves uh, for his first NHL postseason win last game, too. So he's been playing pretty well, but, you know, they got some uh, good players on that Canucks team, and they're going to be a good team going forward. Bo Hovart, you know, he uh, he actually, um, I think the Minnesota, he's from Minnesota Wild. I mean, he's from Minnesota. Um, and the Wild had their uh, eyes on him. They picked uh, uh, Erickson Ack um, over yeah. Bo in the 2015 NHL draft. Um, so, it's I, you know uh, Erickson Eck was uh, in the 2015 draft was Minnesota's number one pick and then they passed up on Bo Ho Hovart um, and then he was taken by the Canucks two picks later so uh, that's definitely uh, a fuck up for sure Erickson Eck's <laughs> a gritty player he's you know one of those guys you want in your third line very defensive oriented he's a, a man down guy um, but he's no bosser. The guy that I like for Minnesota Wild is Jonas Brodeen. I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he's very offensive-minded, uh, and he's got silky mitts for defense. I really like the way he plays. Well, boys, I think we rounded out most of the uh, NHL action. The one thing I will say we didn't talk about. Yes, sir. Um, when he uh, got tied up on the bench and, you know, his stick went into the bench and some guys grabbed onto his stick, you know, for, for me – just because some guys grabbed onto his stick does not give him the okay to spear somebody on the bench. And they yeah. gave him a penalty for slashing. So to me, that was a missed 
Spirit Hartman. It's a bad call, first of all. He's Spirit Hartman. Um, so that, that to me is an ejection from the game, right? Isn't that an ejection? Somebody should have knocked him out. Oh, oh absolutely. That's Greenway nice. splashed him back from the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised he didn't get fined, yeah. But we've got a lot of games uh, to cover, boys, in the next couple of days. We're going to have, you know, by the time we get on the podcast next week, we're going to have all these games uh, finalized. So we'll be going into the next round. We'll see how many of the predictions uh, that we made tonight are, are true. Um, definitely pulling for the Wild here. Hopefully they make it to the next round over the Vancouver Canucks. And they have early games. And they have games before 1040 at night. I mean, the worst <laughs> thing when you're watching a game at 1040 at night is intermission. Oh, oh man. God. Especially the second one. You're like, I already took a shit in the first intermission. So yeah, I know. I'll clean up the refrigerator in the second. <laughs> Unbelievable. But so. uh, just uh, to end this, Mark, we've got a podcast that you can listen to of, of a Minnesota Wild player, actually, Saylock. Yeah, boys. Um, Saylock's an interview that we have in the bank here from the Blue Liners. And check out what we talked about him with. He's been on fire for the wild in the last couple of games and I'm hoping we see him in net. I think he's the, the guy to go to. He's been the guy that they went to before the pause and I think he's earned his spot. So listen to the full episode that we had with Staylock and uh, enjoy it. He's a good guy. Well alright boys, another great podcast for the Blue Liners. So until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Booyah! Go! Ho-ho! Doctor! Ew! Keep your head up. Very special guest with us tonight from the Minnesota Wild, Alex Stalock. What's up, Alex? How you doing, guys? I like all the intros. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, we should have got your nickname so we could have... Like the, you know, Aloha, the Aloha. The Aloha is not fitting right now in Minnesota. It is so <laughs> cold, man. It's not, it's not fitting where I am either, trust me. Oh, God. What does my truck say? Six degrees right now. Ooh. Oh, man. It's like the only thing. Oh, that's not bad, huh? The only thing that's good for is I just froze my front yard rink for my little boy, and it's been perfect two days. It's like six degrees, not much wind. It's froze perfect. So we were just skating on it tonight, actually. Uh, so do you got to get, like, plastic down and then, like, some two-by-sixes? Yeah. Or do you, like, buy the boards? Or what, actually, what do you got going on? There's, there's a company that did the boards for, for us, and then they left the liner, and you do all that stuff yourself. So. I just did that uh, like three days ago. I snowblowed it out and then put the liner in and started the holes that uh, freezing your nuts off out there or what? No, I put the holes in like a pool. So it was like 6 p.m. I started the water and I set my alarm for 2.30 in the morning. And I actually didn't go down until like 3.30 <laughs> and uh, pulled the holes back in the garage and let her, let her freeze. Nice. Awesome. Is that why you didn't start last night? You had to make sure you had energy? I had to make sure my energy. <laughs> I'd take care of my rank. <laughs> so you have actual real boards. You're not like using the doghouse and like two old pallets. And uh... he's a pro hockey player. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, we got real boards. <laughs> I don't. I would trust me. I'd like to be just using wood, but I, I'm not smart enough to like think that out and to go into a hardware to go into a Home Depot and come out with exactly what I need. There'd be no chance. <laughs> I remember skating on the pond and like you take a shot and you'd have to walk across the grass or be snow at that time in your skates to get your puck. Oh, walk back across. Yep. <laughs> skates would be fucked. 
Yeah, yeah. things have changed, man. Oh, big time. Big time. So, so Al, you're a you're a Minnesota boy, right? You skated right out there, St. Paul, yeah. Hundred Lakes. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up actually in a city called South St. Paul. It's its own city where a lot of people just think it's like the south end of St. Paul. But so I grew up probably like 20 minutes away from the Excel Excel Energy Center, door to door as a kid. Wow. Um, wow. Nice. So yeah, not yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And I mean, being home now is awesome. We got two kids and and whatnot. But I don't know how some guys do it at like uh, a young age, like a Mac boy. You know what I mean? Being from that area, or you're 19, 20, you're 20 years old, and you're you got buddies from high school calling you to do shit all the time. And you're like, holy. They got him a little older and a little more mature, and I can say no and all. Yeah, that's for sure, man. So the, just to talk about the season a little bit, um, obviously a little bit of a slow start, um, but things have really changed around drastically in the last, um, I think it's about 12 games. Um, I think only one loss have been on the point sheet for – just about all those 12 games, I think, except for one or two. But um, so it seems like the team's starting to gel a little bit. You're starting to get that stall Zuccarello line, Zucker line, really cranking out there for you guys. And um, obviously you've been playing great in in the goal. Um, Dubnik's on a little hiatus right now. So even Capo played pretty well last night. So team, team's playing pretty well right now. Yeah, and uh... – yeah, you mentioned slow start to the season. It was uh, it was tough to go into the rink some mornings when you're looking at the standings at one and six, one and seven, three and nine. Like holy, you know what I mean? Like we knew we needed to make a push at some point because it a season is not fun when it's November and it's starting to feel like it's getting long. Like that's a horrible feeling. And I think we knew we had a good team. It was just a matter of playing the right way. And you know we had some meetings and some tough practices and tough video sessions where we really had to understand how this group needs to play to win hockey games. And we did that for, for the stretch. I think we were 11 games. We picked up points and um, yeah, and it put ourselves right back in the mix and it makes it a lot easier to go to the rink and um, you know, you're a couple points out of a playoff spot now and to claw back, it's uh, obviously a great achievement, but last night wasn't an ideal game for us to come home and, I think we were getting outshot like 15 to one after the first and we just kind of came out dead and, you know, we just kind of want to tell ourselves that we're not just because we got back above 500, we're not kind of happy with where we're at. So, you know, we got was, a lot of home games here and all this, uh, you know, the second third of the, we, we've already banged out 20 road games, I think is what it is. And after this <laughs> next trip, we'll have 23 of them done. And um, it'll be, uh, it'll be good. Once uh, we get to, to the Christmas break, our schedule is going to be really favorable for us. And, um, Hopefully we can take advantage of that. Yeah, so from all those basically, road like, what's that, Pat? I said they can finally sober up from all those road trips. <laughs> yeah, still got tickets on the docket. <laughs> Hopefully you get the day off after that one. So, just to touch on a little bit, like when you, uh, you know, going from the slow start and turn it, turning around a lot of it on the road. Um, you know, it could have went both ways. You could have been like the uh, Red Wings or the Devils that are still struggling. Was it uh, pretty tough in the locker room to keep it together with guys starting to bicker a little bit, you know, as far as the production uh, wasn't I there? Mean, and... There's tension, obviously. Anytime there's losing in pro sports, you feel that tension. And 
you know, like, well, where are we as a group? You're one and seven and you get a new GM in here and, you know, he's still feeling out the guys and like, what does this guy bring? What does this guy bring? Um, yeah, it was kind of, a, it was tough. It was hard. It was, we didn't have like practice days cause we were always on the road. So we had to get out of it by playing games, which is not always the easiest because your confidence level's low and kind of going to games being, well, here we go. The team scores the first goal. You're like, God damn it. Here we go again. You know? And <laughs> I think it just got to the point where like, we have to play this way. We have to play hard for 60 whole minutes and everybody has to be good. You know, it, it can't be, we can't get away with being two, a two line team and three defensemen, you know, and win games a lot of nights. And, um, you know, I think we were playing a game that was probably, you know, it's not like you're watching uh, the Carolina or Washington or Boston where there's up and down, up and down. You know, we, we got to get the puck in the zone and work it in the corners and D get involved offensively. It's a, it's a, it's a five, you know, it's a five man unit we have to play as. And um, yeah, I think we did a great job of that this last month or so. And um, hopefully we can get back to, to where we were, you know, just a week ago. Hey, Alex, you uh, just played in your 100th NHL game, which is huge. Um, congratulations. But I wanted to ask you. Uh, yeah. 100th start. 100th start. There we go. Start backup because the backup gets thrown in there for some shit games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But just yeah, yeah, your style of play as a goalie coming out, playing the puck, which I love. Um how was that playing down in the, you know, like I, I saw you played a little bit in the East Coast, um, AHL. Uh, did that cause any tensions, any fights? Anybody try to, like, level you or anything like that back in the East Coast? <laughs> there, there uh, it's funny you say that. There was one game I pulled up this year a few times. I was telling guys, when I was in Worcester in the American League with San Jose's farm team, um, Portland, had, I don't know what it was, but we, like, in the American League, in the old, what I think it was called the Atlantic Division, like we'd play the same team like 16 times a year. So you played like five, you played like five teams all year and you played them all like 16 times. Well, I don't know what it was with us in this port, the Portland Pirates, but was, there was one game, there was like 18 fighting majors or something. And they had a guy, I don't know if you remember, his name was Joel Recklish. He played some games in Washington and he was a big righty tough guy. He just he ran at one of our young stud defensemen that was a higher draft pick, kind of from behind, dropped his gloves and fought him right away and kind of dummied him, knocked him out in like three punches. And for no reason, this dude just comes skating from the corner right to my crease and challenges me to fight. Like, oh boy, there's no way I would ever fight this. You know what I mean? <laughs> what the hell? And I think one time I, there was a backup that was yelling at me to fight in Worcester. Um, he was, uh, he was like the gate. I don't know if the period just got over, but the gate was like, he stuck his head out of the gate and, uh, <laughs> was, was yelling at me to, to fight him. I'm like, how are we going to do this anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to come to the bench? You're going to come on the DPHO, ice? DPHO, DPHO actually challenged me one game too. This oh, was really? when he was in Bridgeport. He was in Bridgeport rehabbing. And there is, we got in some stupid fights at the end of the game. There was like four seconds left. We were up like five, nothing. And he's down there shaking his gloves at me. And I'm like, really? Right now? <laughs> I got a shutout going. There's five seconds left in the game. You're trying to get back to the NHL. I want to get to the NHL. And we're we're going to fight with five seconds left. Didn't Di Pietro uh, his first start, he had like two left goalie pads. Did you hear that say that? 
No way, really? Yeah, so when he finally made it up to the show or something, he had like two right two right pads or two left pads. He fucking played with them, but uh, has that ever happened to you? Show up with something? No, like without a that pad? is crazy. There's no way. That is nuts. It's <laughs> like a dream that you have. You can't get your gear on to get on the ice. Some practices on the road, like dressing drives, I uh, – I hope sometimes that my uh, equipment managers forget my pads or, yeah, they pack two right, so oh, it's not going to work today. <laughs> are, there, are there a lot of guys, like, talking to you during the game, trying to get in your head, talking shit, or is it not really happening? You know what? It's, it's funny. Not, not, yeah, I mean, you, you know the guys that are going to do it, the Marshans and, uh, you know, like guys that are typical known for that, but it's more so, honestly, like old teammates you play with or – buddies you have you know like tv timeouts they're always skating down and saying shit to you or poking around or i'm getting one tonight or a lesbian. Five She's a lesbian. yeah it's just uh <laughs> it's uh it's usually your buddies man that are now like the guys that are chirping you know what i mean like yeah it's uh but it's good it's it's uh it, it's fun i like getting into that game sometimes though yeah alex you got a little bit of an unorthodox style, I guess, you know, compared to some of the other goalies in the league. Who do you kind of uh, – who would you kind of model your game after growing up? Who do you look up to? Uh, I really liked watching Marty Brodeur, obviously, as a young guy. Um, you know, he was uh, he was the guy. He played the puck. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And uh, But then you get older, and obviously the Wild came back in 2000. So, you know, early on we had like Dwayne Rolls in here, Manny Fernandez. You always watch those guys. And then as you started getting older, like Marty Turco was fun for me to watch. The mountain he played the puck. And, um, you know, it's just uh, – it's always evolving in the position and how it's so funny how it changes. But, I mean, just for me, being a smaller guy, I tend to like guys that, you know, aren't overly big that, I, you know, that you can kind of compare – not compare yourself to, but say, hey, he gets it done at six feet or six one, And, uh, you know, like obviously the run that Jonathan Quick has been on for years is uh, – you know, he's unbelievable to watch the athleticism he has, the way he moves around the crease. It's uh, pretty sweet. And um, obviously he's got cup ring, up cup ring, so that makes it better too. Yeah. So, like, being almost the sixth guy back there when the puck's coming back into the zone, um, the defensemen on the wild pretty much know that you're going to come out and play the puck and, you know, get it up the boards or set it up for them pretty much every time the puck comes in the zone? Yeah, we're, just, we're getting better as a unit. Um they just need to get rid of this trapezoid um, stupid thing they added like 10 years ago. But uh, that would make it a lot easier, save a lot of injuries, and uh, defensemen won't get ran as much. And I think you have to, as a goalie, you got to be uh, more skilled to know when to go, you know, all the way over into the corners or, um, you know, you're farther away from the net. So hopefully they can uh, get rid of this trapezoid at some point. Hopefully that gets out to – the league but um yeah they they know i like to play the puck and most times well you know it, it helps us out but uh you know sometimes there are some fu's or fu back at a guy <laughs> that he didn't like the puck in his feet or whatever it is so but it's Get uh, back we, uh, back in that. yeah exactly i hear that <laughs> enough from my mom and my wife so <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not gonna get, get punched like Mrazic. Do you see that Joe Thornton punch? Uh, oh, I know. I, I so I played with those guys for for a few years. Oh yeah, I, you're I, a single. 
Yeah, so I texted a group of them, and all all Jumbo said back was, boys will be boys. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that they put, like, at the practice, at the Hurricanes practice, they spray-painted a picture of him laying on the ice. Did you see yeah, that? that was great. Yeah, that was, like, the day before we played them. Because we were oh, – yeah. Jose was in Carolina, and we were just leaving Tampa, and they were flying from Carolina to Tampa, and we were going Tampa to Carolina. So it was, like, the yeah, the day before we played them. Nice. Hey, you think, you think maybe they would take the maybe it would take the uh, trapezoid out of the game at some point because, I mean, the whole game has kind of got gone to a more athletic, you know, finesse style of play. So why not let the goaltenders have a little bit more finesse in their game? Don't you think? I, I no, I agree. It's not as much of a dump and chase league as it was at at, at the point when that was becoming an advantage. You know, I mean, like teams enter the zone so much more on the rush now, or um, you know, make a make an effort to rim the puck hard into the glass. They, you know what I mean? There's so many goalies now that actually can play the puck or at least get out and try and stop pucks or if they can. It's uh, I, Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. And if they want more goal, goal scoring, it may obviously cause more goals if a goalie's going to turn it over or get caught or it's gonna he's going to be able to create more plays too the other way. So, yeah, it's just – I don't – it'd be interesting to hear the rules and why would they think it's a good idea. Why not? Yeah. Alex, I'm I'm curious, you know, with the new lacrosse style goals, how much do you have to keep that in mind when the puck goes behind the net now? The new what? Like they're like shallower? Is that what you're saying? The the lacrosse style goals, they scoop the puck up and fucking just dip it in the All the lacrosse style goals, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Who just did that this year? Was it like Sveshnikov? Uh yeah. yes, yeah. Carolinas. Up in Cal up in Calgary, right? What, a Carolina That's player did it. Aho, Sebastian Aho pulled it. Oh, off, Aho dude. did it. Aho did it. It's insane yeah. the amount of skill these kids have now. Like it's <laughs> honestly insane the stuff they can do with the puck. They're like, it's just crazy. I, I don't get like it's nuts at full speed. Like these kids are doing this. You're watching video sometimes. We're watching video and these kids are skating like 25 miles an hour and they're putting pucks through guys' triangles and back through their feet and. I'm like, how, like, what, how do you even play it? Like, competing on that? Yeah. I can't even shoot a puck it's, between my leg. Kachuk. It's nuts, <laughs> man. Goals, yeah. Oh, it is nuts. Some of the is stuff. it ice oh. fishing weather out there yet, Al? Yes, it is. It really is. It's ice shack weather. I wouldn't <laughs> even go out of the shack. To fish. Oh, God. <laughs> do you have a shack out there? I don't know. It's so hard during the season. My brother-in-laws are so into it, and I got buddies that are into it. My brother-in-laws, though, like, they go up to Lake of the Woods, which is up on the Canadian border. They go up there, like, I feel like almost every other weekend. They've been up there already this year because the big thing is early ice, they call it, um, <laughs> where, like, it's, like, where you can just go on. You know, like, yeah. you're risking yeah. it. You can almost kill yeah. yourself. Exactly, and people do. There's, <laughs> there's accidents every year because these people want to get out there and the bite's supposed to be unbelievable because it's like there's they shut it off for a bit and now it opens back up or whatever it is. But you get out there for that uh, that early bite and they just are nuts about it. And what um, are they pulling in? What's that? What kind of fish they pulling? Walleye. They're chasing walleye. Oh, or oh, I mean, okay. yeah, I Bass. think walleye's the big big fish. But no, no, it must, it, uh, it must be. Fight, yeah. It must be hunting season up there. I saw a lot of hunter orange in the stands last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's every night in Minnesota. You get <laughs> fox, race, fox racing jackets, Polaris, and uh, orange. There you go. And a lot of Carhartt. 
they don't get a chance to change. You go right from the woods to the uh, they, cell center. They, they go right from the stand right to the seat. Sounds like Walmart. To, Sounds like Walmart. They used to have that. like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they used to yeah, have like be- ATVs and like shit right in the uh, concourse when I went to the Wild Center, what, like 10, yeah. 12 years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, the market Polaris is a huge uh, sponsor. I think of awesome. Obviously, like Polaris, and they're up in northern Minnesota. Like, yeah, I think Nordy rides a four wheeler. Our mascot probably rides a four wheeler out on the ice during one of the intermissions. And <laughs> uh, hey, what about? Oh yeah. What about like the the uh, the overtime? Now it seems like well, you guys have obviously been in a lot of overtime games. Um, lately seems like and like as a goaltender going into those shootouts um you know is what's the pressure on the goaltender in that situation uh a lot of eyes are on you but i mean i love i love the ot it has not gone the wild's way the last two years for three on three whatever for whatever reason but we've actually kind of um tweaked some things recently and we've we've been better we haven't won an ot but we haven't lost and we've gone to shootouts two times in a row but Man, the three-on-three is fun. If you get the goalie involved and the guys, like, it's so puck possession. And then, obviously, it brings out the skill in the in, in these guys. And um, I love it. It's uh, it's great. It's um, it's a ton of fun yeah. to be out there. And, obviously, yeah. shootouts is uh, it's a whole different deal. That's one-on-one. You got, like, it's you or the, you or the, the shooter. You know what I mean? Someone's going to lose. Someone's going to win. And um, it's uh, – one-on-one spotlights on you, but you know, if you win, it's a ton of fun, obviously losing stinks, but it's the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, like last night's game, hard fought game, you know, could have went either way and it just sucks that it comes down to a shootout and that's the way, you know, you don't get the two points. So, um, yeah, I, I'm up in the air on the, on the whole shootout thing. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? You do five on five or, you know, you do it until there's a, oh well, yeah, I don't mind. You do that until someone scores or, I mean, it would even be fun. I mean, five on five, you could do cumulative, you know, you add up all the goals. You say you score 30 seconds in, you get the other team, you know, see how many, who can get the most goals in five minutes. That'd be pretty fun too. Yeah. <laughs> five the, doesn't count against your goals against. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you know, they get you involved. They get you involved too. You would say that? In the three on three, there, as a goalie like yourself, you get involved in passing oh, the goalie, passing to the goalie yeah. and shit. They move it back, and you can move it up. Yeah, it's a ton of fun if you get involved. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game. I love it. We play. We have a four-on-four league here in the summer called the Beauty League. I don't know if you guys have ever heard it. And I like uh, it. It's Beauty. all four-on. My my agent actually started it. It's four-on-four, and uh, they sell out uh, like a high school rink every night of the week for it. So every Wednesday we play, and uh, for three there's three games each night. There's six teams in the league, and um. It's four on four, and it's so it's just a ton of fun. You get to play the puck a ton. There's a lot of scoring, and it's summer hockey. It's like softball, you know. So they bring a cooler of beer for after, and it's great. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's great, and the kids come. You sign stuff for them, and it's great. It's just good for the good for the area, and kids kids love it, and guys love playing it, and it's uh, it's good. Nice. How about those kiddos of yours? Are they going to follow up in your footsteps playing goaltender, or what, are they, what do you got them doing? He, gosh, we were just out. He was skating around night. He was scoring goals tonight, but he, uh, he, he puts the goalie gear on, and I have a set of gear for him, and he just had his pictures for his learn. So it's learn to skate, and he 
wanted to bring both sets of gear. He wasn't sure what he wanted to wear for his pictures. And sure enough, we get there and he wanted to wear his goalie gear. There's like 200 kids in the learn to skate program. You know what I mean? Like all kids, he's the one guy in goalie gear. And I'm like, come on, dude. And so uh, all the teams are taking their pictures. And of course he goes and they got him in front pad sack and with his gear on. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> So he is a piece of work. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so, you know, as far as the, the season, the outlook is, is looking pretty good right now. I mean, like I said before, you haven't had, um, I think you've had a point in every game except for one in the last 12. Um, so good things are happening. Bruce seems to have fig- finally figured out the line situation. Um, we haven't seen too, too many things juggled up. What happened with Stahl last night? Is he going to be all right? I think so. It was one of those th- one of those things that's like a stinger. You know what I mean? Those stingers or whatever it seemed to be. It looked yeah. like it was. Yeah. Uh, it's always ref. scary. Yeah, the you ref see ref. a lot in football. You see that stuff a lot in football. I feel like too. You know what I mean? And so, like, uh, so scary. The scary thing for me is like obviously he got up and he walked off and he was kind of going by us and he was saying I'm fine, I'm fine. And obviously Eric never stays on the ice when he's hurt. Like I've seen him hurt twice and. It's, he stays on you know what I mean he doesn't stay like he's not a guy that that stays down and so when he stays down you know it's something serious and uh for him to come off and say I'm fine you know you're like okay you can kind of breathe and um the thing with him is like he's got three boys at home that are at an age now that like love hockey they watch hockey and the first thing I thought was like gosh are they sitting at home watching this it's like that would be so hard like, watching your dad kind of on the ice not moving much and yeah, but he said they uh, they understood and they said something. He said something like, "With the camera zoomed in on him, he could see that he said I'm fine or something." So I'm like, "Oh, thank God, that was, that was good." But yeah, he's doing good and feeling feeling better, and I'm sure we'll see him at the rink tomorrow morning. Nice, nice. Koi Koi hopefully he'll be back soon. Yep, yep. He's working his way back, and obviously he's an absolute animal when it comes to rehab. He came back from his knee surgery at at his age. He was ahead of schedule and. Um, you know, I think he was just starting to feel really good with his lag. He was confident in his strength. And then, um, obviously, this takes place. And um, he's he's getting work on it every day, and he's strengthening it. And, um, you know, he'll be – he's obviously a key piece to have for us, especially when it comes to, you know, penalty kill situations and power play and stuff like that. Yeah. Based off, yeah. I'm sure the linesmen don't mind that he's out right now, though. They get a little <laughs> break from him. What's he do, yeah. Staylock? Does he, like, blow or spit on his hands before each face-off? You ever notice that? Yes, I do notice that. And uh, I don't know what he's doing. I think he's, like, spitting on his gloves. <laughs> I, he does so much He does so much shit on a game. I'm like, what are you doing? But, he has, like, uh, two sets or three sets of gloves, doesn't he? Get rotating in all the time. That's Probably. light. I would I would venture up towards like <laughs> six or seven or eight pairs of gloves. <laughs> I hope he and I hope he hears this. <laughs> How about yourself? Do you have any rituals like pregame shit? Do you do the same thing every game or anything like that? Any weird? Yeah, goals? my warm up routine. My warm up routine's the same. Um, <laughs> as far as like stretching and what time on the clock you do all that stuff at. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But no, nothing like. Yeah, nothing like crazy where, uh, like, baseball players, you see stuff they do, like, is insane. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a routine. It's a routine thing. I think more so based around the clock is my routine. You know what I mean? Like, 
I do this at this time or this, well, it's time to start going warming up. It's this time on the clock or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, like superstitious type thing or is it just trying to get prepared? I think just like a game day, like your routine, you know, like, okay. So uh, and everything's, everything's based off that pregame nap too. Like, you're on your way to pregame skate. You're on your way to pregame skate. You're like, uh, what time can I get out of here today so I can get home and nap? And you're on your way home. You're like, God, I gotta hurry up and eat. I want to hurry up and eat so I can be sleeping soon. Put and a then, chew. Uh, put a chew in your upper lip or anything. Yeah, right before, right before bed. <laughs> uh, I uh, maybe if you're wasted. Eat, eat my meal and for I love that pregame nap and the, that's the best part about the hockey the hockey job, man. It's awesome. And then. <laughs> Go to the rink and see the boys again, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an easy routine, that's for sure. It's not a routine. There's some routines I see that guys have. I'm like, how do you do this 82 times a year? Like, I would be exhausted before the game even started. <laughs> you know, they get to the game, they get to the rink at like 3.30. I'm like, what are you doing? We don't play for, we don't play for three and a half hours. Yeah. But, but everybody who prepares different, and uh each their own it is what it is and everybody's playing the nhl for a reason so let it be nice one of the things we like to ask the goalies when they come on if there's anything that goes into uh painting your mask anything special with that this year i put uh the boss on there i got springsteen on the side um nice i'm a huge springsteen fan i like his music i always have my parents always had it on growing up so um i've always been a huge fan of his he's the uh He's an absolute showman and uh, puts on a good show. So yeah, I've uh, I've always been a fan of his music, and uh, it was kind of fitting to finally get him on my helmet. Who paints Who paints the lid for you? There's a guy now. His name's Noah Ennis. He's out of Shell Shock. I think he's in Nebraska. Uh, this is he painted. Uh, this is my first one I've worn with the Wild that he's painted, and uh, he actually we did one this summer. He painted one for me this summer that uh, for that beauty league I mentioned. Uh, I played on the team. Our team sponsor was Jack Links, the beef jerky company. So I got a uh, Jack. I got a Jack Links painted helmet for the uh, nice. Summer. Yeah, they auctioned it off or whatever. Yeah, we had that. Like we were trying to think if I could just do the Sasquatch. Like the whole head would just be my mask, but it was kind of hard. So we had like it was red and black because that's what team our team colors were, and then it had like the Jack Links logo. It had like a silhouette of the Sasquatch on the side, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, it's always interesting to see what, what the goalies are thinking when they put their masks together because it's kind of like your little piece of art on your face out there. I, I used to do a lot of fishing themes on it just because I love fishing in the state of Minnesota. Even when I was in Cali, it was kind of like, you know, respect or not respect, but just kind of like it's got some Minnesota f- uh, flavor on it. And uh, it always seemed like I had some fish stuff going on on my, on my helmet. And yeah, it was, but that's, I'm just not an artist. That's my biggest problem. <laughs> Need somebody else designing to it. it. Yeah, this is what I want on it. Just, can you put it on there? Yeah, in what yeah, artistic way? So nice. Well, you guys yeah. got a few, few games. Uh, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. It looks like you'll be. Yeah, we got. Uh, we got three and four. I think is what it is. Um, yeah, we got uh, home uh, Philly Saturday and then Chicago Sunday. It's crazy. We haven't played Chicago yet. This yeah. season, yeah. which is you got Edmonton tomorrow, game. right? Yep, yep. We got Edmonton tomorrow, McDavid and uh, Drysital, so it'll be a tough task. And obviously, hope. I mean, we'll see what what's going on with Stalzy, but um, 
you know, you lose a body like him. It's another center down the middle, you know, a top center in this league. So it's going to be a test and it's going to be a battle, but if we can, uh, you know, play our game, I think we got a a chance to, uh, you know, get, uh, get points again. So you'll be starting tomorrow night, right? We'll see. Uh, we'll see what's going on. Um, I'm working on some stuff off the ice too with, with the body and trying to stay healthy. So we'll uh, go in in the morning and, um, Game time. Do where we're at and, uh, yeah, go from there. All right, man. Well, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. It's, uh, yeah, it's no, always it good to have good. you guys on. Yeah, thanks for coming yeah, on. Yeah, no, it was, it was fun. You guys are all over the country. What's that? <laughs> Hopefully your truck still has gas in it. You still uh, in your truck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Bad. Yeah, yeah. I get like six miles of a gallon on this thing. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my truck. <laughs> I don't dare step outside right now. That's uh, <laughs> who would need now it. Now it's five. Now it's five. Now it's five degrees. So, fuck. Enjoy that. Well, yeah. thanks, Al. Thanks for coming on. Good luck uh, on the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks, boys. Let me know if you want to do it again. That was uh, that was fun. And uh, take care. All right, you too. All right, back. You too. Good, good luck the rest of the way. All right, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, yeah. Brought to you by. Raleigh's number one screen printing company in the area, Josebe Screen Printing. Josebe Screen Printing does all of Raleigh's screen printing, embroidery, special ink, even vinyl heat print. You looking for t-shirts for your sporting event, company, or family function? Check out their work at josebescreenprinting.com. That's J-O-S-I-B-E-E screenprinting.com. You can follow on Instagram, like them on Facebook and Twitter. That's Josebe Screen Printing. J-O-S-I-B-E-E Screen Printing.com.